All right. Well, how are y'all doing? Good. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, do you? All right. Hey, we're going we're gonna to kind of jump around a little bit. Just put it there in John chapter 1. Um, just a real quick intro. My name is Brian. I know my name was, I was mentioned earlier. But I came, I, I used to come to Hume, uh, Hume as a camper. In fact, my all-in decision for Jesus happened when I was 17 years old over there at Ponderosa, third row back. Um, I still remember it. I still remember it like, like it was yesterday. And so every time uh, I get this invitation from Hume to come and to preach, it's always humbling to think, okay, so God, you've done work in my life, and I pray that you would do the same thing in these students' lives. And friends, I get it. I get that for some of you. you you're part of the youth group, but you're not sure about God. And, and maybe there's others, you're, about, you're part of the youth group, and you just love Jesus like crazy. And then there's just people in between. And here's what I want to encourage you with, and I want to challenge you with. Be honest in the process, but give God the week. So wherever you're at in this, so you say, I just already love Jesus. Guys, we can never love him more. Like it's like, like we can never out love. It's like, God, just help me love you more. I want to love you more than I, than I do right now. So it's like, God, show me how to love you more than I do right now, this whole week. For others, he's like, I don't even believe in him. Okay, then give him a week. Because here's the reason I think a lot of times when people go, I don't believe in God, I think a lot of it's connected to this. At some point, what you felt like God should have done, he didn't, and you feel like he failed you. And so instead of coming to him, it's, easy for you, it's easier for you to run from him. I think that's most of the time. Because there is evidence to point that there's a creator. And then those of you maybe... Maybe you've been brought up in the church. He's like, well, Brian, I, I go to church. I mean, I go to church. That means I'm a Christian. Because it doesn't mean you're a Christian. It's just like if I walk into a McDonald's, it doesn't mean I'm a Big Mac. It's, it doesn't work like that. So it's like just because you go to something doesn't mean that you actually know Jesus. And maybe some of you have heard this. Well, Brian, I mean, they're middle schoolers. They're too young. Friends, I want to tell you this. If anyone ever looks at you all and thinks that you're too young, for something that God wants to do, it's because they're too old. Guys, at some point, they forgot that God really likes to use the young people. Guys, think about it. when David took on Goliath, he's about 15. A 15-year-old kid who took on a nine-foot giant and jacked him up. Guys, guys it's like when, I, when I read the scripture, like when Jesus showed up in, in, in the flesh, it was the womb of a teenage girl. I mean, it's like, God loves to use the young people. And I want to encourage you, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set the example. You set the example of what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus according to what the scriptures say. Not what, I'm, not what I prefer, what I'm comfortable with, but what does the Bible say? So that's just a quick intro. Hey, let's pray. <laughs> let's pray. We're going to get in this. Can we pray? Yeah. Let's get prayed. Let's get, let's get quiet before the Lord. Father, we pause before we speak to you, for you are God. And for us to just treat you flippantly like we do everything else, God, it's not right. You're holy. God, speak as you can. Do, as you do. do the things that you do. Do the miraculous in our midst. And God, may we be the recipients of it. Not just people who see it, but the recipients of it. So God, do as you do. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says, 
Amen. Guys, the very beginning of the Bible says this, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God. Guys, when everything started, God already was. There is no beginning to him. He said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Of course it makes sense. If you pull back and you take any kind of book, there's an author of that book. So if you read some story in a book, the author is not in the book. The author is outside of the book. Therefore, according to the book, that author has always been. So here comes the Bible saying, hey, in the beginning, when everything began, God already was. Guys, there's something called the cosmological argument. It means this, that at some point, this is what scientists agree on. At some point, time, matter, and space began. It hasn't always been. But at one moment in time, time, matter, and space all started. Here's the thing, in order for matter to start or for time to start, there has to be someone who started it. It does not make sense to have absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden something comes out of nothing. It makes absolutely no sense. And so when the scriptures say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that word created means he put things in motion. He made things out of nothing, but he made those things with purpose. Not just, hey, I created something and look at it. It's like with purpose. Like when you look at the opposites that God creates, like he made the sun and the moon. He made the land and the sea. Like you see God creating differences. You see male, female. God created this. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And here's the thing I'm worried about. I think we've dumbed down God to make sense to us to where he's no longer impressive. And friends, he is beyond us. Guys, you realize in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And light exploded out of the mouth of God at 186,000 miles per second. How do I know? Because that's the speed of light. Now, if you said, oh man, I wish I could have been there. Really? How many wish you could have been there? Just to watch it. Think, think about it. Because I don't think it came out quiet. I don't think it's like, let there be light. I think, when, I think when God said, let there be light, it exploded out of his mouth. Guys, if we were there, I think our heads would pop off. He says, let there be light, and there was light at 186,000 miles per second. Guys, he put every star, every galaxy. Guys, do you realize we have this Milky Way galaxy that we're part of? In our Milky Way galaxy, there's some 300, 350 billion stars just in our Milky Way galaxy, give or take. Guys, our Milky Way galaxy is about 120,000 light years wide. That means you have to go 186,000 miles per second. Think about it, for 120,000 years to get from one side to the other. Our Milky Way galaxy is one of about 350 billion galaxies, give or take, in the known universe, this universe that is ever expanding. All of those galaxies have about 350 billion stars, give or take, in each of them. And the Bible says that out of the breath of God came all the starry hosts that God just exhaled and the the sun popped out, the stars popped out. The Bible says that God measures the universe with the span of his hand. He's like, he takes his first finger and his thumb and he goes, ah, the universe is like that big. Can I ask you a question? When is the last time you told that God what he should do? It's amazing, we just think that he's kind of like, he's like the Starbucks barista. It's like, hey, I need to have this quicker. Get it done quicker. You ever, you, you ever gone through the persecution of Starbucks where the person behind you who ordered second got theirs before you? 
And you sit there and go, God, give me strength. Give me strength. I'm being persecuted. I feel the devil. I feel the devil. And then the third person behind you experiences the same. They get it before you and you're like, this is not right. But of course you're wearing that Jesus fish like t-shirt. I got to make sure that they know I'm patient because I'm a good Christian. Guys, I'm telling you this. When you have to wait longer for stuff, Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, guys, just wait patiently. Because most of the time, if it's too long, you know what they do? They give you free stuff. When you throw attitude, no. But you sit there and go, no, it's fine. It's fine. I know I've had a birthday since I've been here. It's fine. I know I've been here forever. It's fine. Oh, here's a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yes. Here's some Chick-fil-A sauce. Hallelujah. Except on a Sunday. Guys, think, here's God, creates everything, but he's not a barista. We think that he exists for us. Guys, he exists for himself. He exists for his glory. Guys, he's not this God saying, oh, I'll just do everything that you want. Why? Because he loves us way too much to give us everything that we could ever want. He desires to give us everything that's good. It's just sometimes the wrapping of that gift doesn't seem to be good. And that's when we need to trust him. But this God spoke this galaxy into existence. In our Milky Way galaxies, the sun. Guys, you know how big the sun is? Guys, you can fit 1.3 million Earths inside the sun. And God just went, let's say just exhaled it out. Guys, we're 93 million miles away from the sun. And yet tomorrow when you're out playing and running around, you're out swimming, you feel the heat from that sun. Realize that heat traveled 93 million miles. When you see the sun rise, if you see it, but if you see the sun in the sky and you're looking going, hey, that light traveled 93 million miles. Guys, you realize if we were any closer to the sun, we would die? The closest that we can get to the exhale of God is what, 93 million miles? And for some, you sit there and go, yeah, but he's not that impressive. Seriously? Like he created that? He spoke those things into existence? Then he creates the earth. And the Bible says that the earth is his footstool. Now, guys, I don't, I don't understand this number. The earth weighs about 13 septillion, 176 trillion pounds. I'm sitting there going, I don't get that. I think that's the national debt, but I don't know what that means. So can they try to put this in perspective, okay? So those two, septillion, sextillion, watch. You go from millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions, quintillions, sextillions, septillions. And that's how much the earth weighs. I don't know how they, I have no clue how they figured it out. I'm like, I don't know if they just picked up a rock and went, hey, there it is. There's a lot of these. Let's just pick that number. That's what it, this is what it weighs. Guys, when I think, okay, that's the earth. The earth right now, we're spinning at a thousand miles an hour on this planet that weighs that much. Do you feel it? I'm so glad because if you did, you need some help. But it's like we're going a thousand miles an hour. Right now, we're going a thousand miles an hour. And while we're spinning a thousand miles an hour, we're going around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. And while we're doing all that, the sun and the nine planets, yes, nine. I know they kicked Pluto out again. I hate that. Let Pluto in. Leave him alone. It's like, no, he's too small. He's bigger than you. Shut up. Okay, so here's the sun. <laughs> here's, the, here's the sun and the nine planets. So think about it. While the earth 
We're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, and we're going around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. The sun and the nine planets are going around the middle of the Milky Way galaxy at what? 540,000 miles an hour. What makes you think that you're in control of anything? Friends, we're just hoping we don't crash. The Bible says that Jesus holds all things together. The reason that we don't just fly off into the universe is because of Jesus. This is God. This is who, this is who he is. This is what he's done. So he makes the earth, and then he makes everything on the earth and in the earth. So you go massive, and then you just look at a caterpillar. Let's go tiny. Guys, when I read this, I thought, whose job was this? Do you realize that there are 228 distinct muscles in the head of a caterpillar? And I thought, what a horrible job. Can you imagine you get a caterpillar? And he's like, today's the day. Today's the day we figure it out. Wait, you're counting the muscles in the head? Yes. You get to? I thought that was me. No, you suck. You can't count. I get it. And then all of a sudden, you're in a room by yourself. One, two. You get to 224, and then someone bumps you. God. One. Two. Guys, you realize, you realize there are dozens of different types of tomatoes? I thought there was one. I thought there was one, and it's the one that goes on the In-N-Out burger. I didn't know that. Bananas. Guys, there are hundreds of different types of bananas. I know. I thought there were two. Organic and non-organic. Guys, think, <laughs> think about the zebra. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Here's this striped horse, black and white striped horse. I know it's a zebra, but it just looks like a horse. Did you know that when a zebra gives birth to a baby zebra, that mama zebra takes baby zebra away from the rest for a few months? You know why? So that the baby zebra can memorize the stripes of its mom. Because can you imagine just baby pops out and then he just looks around going, Mom? <laughs> they, they all look the same. Are you, are you my mom? No. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever looked at a hippo and wondered what was God thinking? <laughs> like, think about it. It's like, has it, okay. All the old people, you're going to love this. Remember? Remember the game, Hungry, Hungry Hippo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the young people get it. Okay, now is there an app for that or do you actually play the game? Okay, now here's, this is, this, is how this is how boring we were. I got this game idea. You get hippo heads. And at that point you just sit there and go, really? And we're gonna put marbles in the middle and just start pounding on those suckers. And that's it, that's the whole game. And at the end, Okay, who got more? I did. But here's the thing. We look at a hippo and go, what's that going to do? Do you realize there are more people mauled to death by hippos every year than by lions? Seriously. Now, here's why I think it is. Here's, here's, why, here's why I think it is. 
Because we, we think they just do that. <laughs> we, we think we control the hippo. <laughs> guys, God made the zebras. He made the hippos. Guys, he made, guys, you realize there's over 60 different species of eagles? I thought there were just a couple. Listen, listen, listen. Guys, you realize the grip strength of an eagle is 10 times the strength of a human? 10 times stronger. And the eyesight, eight times greater than a human. Seriously, an eagle could be flying two miles away and see a rabbit two miles away. You suddenly go, oh, the rabbit's got a chance. He sees lunch from two miles away. Two miles, he sees it, and he can can swoop in on it. From two miles, God made this. And for some, you suddenly go, well, that doesn't prove anything. Think about it. Your smartphone, if you have one, has a camera on it, what, 30 megapixels, 50 megapixels? Guys, our human eye is about 586 megapixels. When you take your smartphone and go, but look, all the engineers and the smart people that had to put that together, and then we get to the human eye, which is so much more complex, and we go, ah, it just happened. You know why people don't want God? One, they think God failed them. Two, if there's a God, I don't get to do everything I want. And for some of you, I would love to talk to you, but I would love to hear your reasons if that's what you're holding on to. But to just sit there and go, I don't believe it. Guys, that's just as irresponsible. As some of you claim Christians are going, you just believe it, but you don't show any evidence. That's just as irresponsible. Here's God saying, do you realize what I've created? And then you look at us. Us humans, created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made, Do you realize that in your body there are about 75 trillion cells? 75 trillion, and every three seconds, 50,000 of them die off and are replaced by 50,000 new ones. And in each one of those cells, there's there's something called called DNA. It's like the blueprint of who you are. It's like God typed out what you would look like and be like. It's like there's this strand that just kind of tells who you are. Friends, if I was to take every DNA strand out of every single one of my 75 trillion cells in my body and tie them end to end. Friends, that is enough DNA to go from here to the moon and back 178,000 times. So when the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you have to realize that when you look into the mirror, it's like, if I could just see a miracle, God's suddenly going, just look. I put you together wonderfully. Guys, when I, th- when I hear, guys, you realize that in your body, you have 100,000 miles worth of blood vessels. Guys, that's enough blood vessels to go around the earth four times. God just makes, creates, puts us together. God's sitting there going, do you realize how impressive he is? And our brains, I just read this a few days ago. Your brain has things, things, they're called neurons. And there's about 100 billion neurons in your brain. They're like little receivers. And then each one of those 100 billion neurons, they fire about 200 times per second, all of them. And then each neuron connects to about 1,000 other neurons. So you do the math. 100 billion neurons times times 200 firings per second times 1,000 connections equals this, 20 quadrillion bits of info transmitted every second. 
That's what's happening in your brain right now. And we have the nerve. We have the nerve to actually think, he's not that impressive. He's not that holy. He's not that massive or mighty or creative. Guys, not only did he do those things, he, he created all these other things like wisdom or knowledge. Guys, God is the one who created music and art and beauty. Who here, just by a show of hands, let's not get crazy. Who likes art? You like to draw, paint, act, all these things. Okay, shh, 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 hold on. Guys, do you realize that God is the greatest artist ever? If you want to know, you want, to, you want proof, I'm so thankful phones don't work, work up here because you're going to look around and see what God just put together. You ever just looked at the sunset at times, at times and went, wow, that's awesome. And God's like, I'll give you another one tomorrow. For those that are artistic, you're artistic because you're creating the image of God who's creatively artistic. And then others of you that you like more like... Uh, like you like the math and the sciences, you like logical, you, you're really, like you love that kind of stuff. Do you realize that God is the one who created all that? Math is the reality because of God. We can create and build things that hold because of God. Like he made all these things, not only music and art, and he created humor. Like we think we created it. No, he created the funniest being in the universe is God. He created laughter. Not because you're gonna die if you don't laugh. It's never happened, but here's the thing. Guys, what's the purpose of laughter? Because we're enjoying something, it's for our enjoyment. He just, he wants to bless, he wants to spoil. Guys, you ever laugh so hard, you thought your stomach was gonna explode? It's like you're just laughing. You ever been with your friends, it's like you guys are just losing it? Have you ever, have, have, hold on just a sec, wait, wait, wait. You ever laugh so hard that you exhaled so hard you didn't know if you could inhale again? Right? So, <laughs> so it just comes out. <laughs> and then it comes back. <laughs> and when you inhale, it sounds like a demon coming out. <laughs> Guys, God created that. And He created truth, for He is truth. And guys, I know that we live in this world that says, no, there's no such thing as truth. But think about what they just said in that statement. For a person to walk up to you and say, there is no such thing as absolute truth. Do you realize that that statement is an absolute truth statement? So therefore, they must believe in absolute truth. <laughs> Anybody that says there is no such thing as, they're making a true statement. And so in that moment, they're declaring that they actually believe in truth. You know the problem that comes with we don't live it by truth? chaos. Because here's the thing. If I wanted to take something from you, if there's no truth, you can't stop me. You can't get offended by it because I want it. You may say, well, you can't do anything that's going to hurt me, but that's your truth. That's not my truth. That's your truth. And so I don't have to live by your truth. I'm going to live by my truth. Do you see how all of a sudden society breaks down? Everything breaks down. You know what truth does? It liberates, it gives us freedom. It's like, okay, so I know this is the standard. I know within this I can play. Guys, do you realize that God's standard, his commandments are for our good. 
It's for our joy. So we can actually live. I use this example all the time. And when my boys were younger, I got, I got, I'm married. We've been married uh, 24 years this year. And then I got two boys. Uh, I have an 18 year old now. It's <laughs> still my boys. He's now 6'6", which I don't like because it means he's taller than I am. And I hate that. But don't worry, I can still drop him. And so I got him. He's Tyler. And Dylan, he's about six foot. He's starting to creep up on dad, which is driving me nuts. But when they were little, each of them, we just had this, we didn't baby-proof everything. It's like, welcome to our home. We're going to teach you not to play with the outlet. And so I remember the first time Tyler, he's, he's starting to crawl around and I don't know, what is it with babies and an outlet? They're like, I know where this goes. <laughs> this goes in that. <laughs> and like, okay, first of all, you suck at shapes. Because <laughs> that is not fitting in that. But I saw it, like before that, I thought it was perfect. And all of a sudden, he starts crawling over there. And he, already, he knew, don't touch it, don't touch it. And all of a sudden, he got close. I said, Tyler, don't touch it. And he turned around, sat down. Like he's crawling, he's like, <laughs> legs out. Which I'm like, babies are awesome. I cannot do that. That would look awkward. <laughs> so he just sits, he looks at me. And I said, I said, no. And he had this look on his face. And I went, oh, there it is. There's the sin nature. It's like he was saying, I respectfully disagree with you. As he turned around and went for it. And so I got out of the chair. And as he reached, I went, whack. And I said, that was God. I just said, I said, Tyler, I said, no. And he looked, he said, now he's getting, <clears throat> And so he starts with it again, whack, and I'm like, we can go as long as you want, because daddy will win. About three times, boom, that's nice, and he just went away. Why did I do that? Because I love him. Like for some reason, I go, oh, well, everyone needs to learn on their own. What? Oh, okay, Ty, here's a knife, that'll fit, just hold on to it, just go for it. Guys, the reason that God sets up standards, I do not want you to do these things, why? Because he loves us. For some of you, actually think, is this not working? Is this ready? Okay. Guys, think about it. Hold on. We actually think that God is the ultimate killjoy and he's the creator of it. Some of you guys actually think you're more fun than he is, and you're getting away with things, and all the while, God is saying this. You think you're getting away with something that actually is going to kill you in the end. God is truth. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and everything that is part of the heavens and the earth. God created everything. Everything we see, everything we don't see. Guys, he's... Created every neuron, every atom, every proton. He's, every blade of grass is where he wants it. Every tree is planted where he wants it. It's growing how he wants it to grow. He's in charge. He's sovereign. He's commander of the universe. And when we get to Jesus, Jesus is not many God. He's fully God. 
You have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit, three in one called the Trinity. He's like, Brian, that doesn't make sense. I know. But at what point do you think that God is supposed to make sense to us? Guys, I don't think that it's worth me giving everything up for a God that makes sense to me. I love the fact there is no other religion on the planet who has this concept of God. I love it because it points to Jesus. And so John, in John chapter 1, that first verse, notice that John uses the same words that are in Genesis 1. In the beginning, and every single person would sit there and go, I know, Genesis 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. Oh, and catch this. And the Word was God. Guys, in the beginning, the Word already was. When the beginning began, the Word already existed. Jesus existed before time began. Guys, it is so important for us to hold on to that. Why? Think about it. This God, Jesus, became man. You jump down to verse 14. And the word word who is God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glories of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Did you see that? It's both. This word who is Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Why did he do it? Guys, I'm convinced if you wanted to tweet the Bible in one sentence, which I don't understand Twitter, but I guess it's the way we can argue with each other. So you have Twitter. Make one tweet about what the scriptures, what the, what the, the summation of the scripture. I think it's this. God with us, that we might be with him. God with us, that we might be with him. The word became flesh. God became a person and dwelt among us. And he's the fullness of grace and truth. Guys, when we live in one or the other, we don't live in both. In, this, in, the, in the opener, you know the, um, the purebreds? That'd be more like the people that just want to hold on to truth without grace. It's just all rules. Guys, I'm a recovering legalist. I used to have God all figured out, and if you didn't agree with me, it's probably because you're wrong. That's kind of how we used to live, and then God introduced me. He introduced me to grace and reminded me I'm not that impressive. But if all we just like when the truth, and you need to look at everybody else who's not living by my truth, we judge them, and then we go to grace, and some just all about grace with no truth. But just mean, hey, anyone can do whatever they want, just and that God loves them, and it's true that God loves them, but it doesn't mean that He approves of everything that we're doing. It's the fullness of grace and truth. And this is Jesus. Guys, he is beyond impressive. So you have your Bibles. Flip over a couple books to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. If you don't know, what it, if you don't know where it is in your Bible, there's nothing wrong with going to the front of the Bible and looking for the page number. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. And the Bible says this. Paul writes this down, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says this. He, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
And someone said, well, firstborn, that means that Jesus had a beginning. Guys, what that, actually, what that word actually is better translated as, it's two different things. One, pre-existent one, that's the first. The second means this, top dog. Like he's, he's above everything else. So he's speaking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and catch this, for him. All things were created by Jesus, for Jesus. That means it wasn't created for me. It was created for him. And he is the head of the body, the church. I'm sorry, verse 17, I skipped it. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. What's that word mean, preeminent? Top, first. He should be first. Why? Because there's no one and nothing like him. And that God who has always been, who measures the universe with the span of his hand, became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible says that we have beheld his glory, the glory of the only son who is full of grace and truth. And watch, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Friends, I love, how do I say this? I love Jesus. I remember years and years and years ago, I was sitting, I was sitting in chapel at college and a preacher asked from the front, and he said, hey, imagine heaven and everything that heaven's going to be. Like everything that you could think of. It's just going to be awesome. But imagine that Jesus wasn't there. Would you be bummed? Now, here's the thing. I actually, when people ask questions like that, I'm like, okay, so I really want to answer this. Like think through the answer. And this is where I was at this point in my life. I sat there and I was like, so I get all of this stuff, right? I mean, I'd be bummed for a little bit, but I'd be all right. Because I get his stuff. Guys, you know what the problem with that is? Is that his stuff becomes more impressive than the one who gives the stuff. And God's had to do a whole lot of work in me over the last 20-something years. To where if you'd ask me, hey, if you get to heaven, everything that it is, and Jesus wasn't there, would you be bummed? I'm like, Absolutely. Like when people go, there's streets of gold. I'm like, well, who cares? It's like, what am I going to do? Steal a brick? Put it in my vault? Guys, think about it. What we think is the most precious material on the planet is used to pave highways in heaven. Like it's not that impressive to God. It's like it's not that big of a deal. Guys, when you think about, like think about what heaven's going to be like. No more death. No more sickness. No more cancer. Because you know how hard it is to hear that phrase from someone that you love? I have cancer. Some of you know. There's no more. There's no more school shootings. There's no more pain. Complete joy. 
in the presence of God, worshiping, seeing him in all of his glory. Angels, 10 millions times, 10 millions angels just surrounding Jesus in worship. All the saints worshiping him. Guys, there's colors in heaven we've never even seen before. All that, all that, ah, I don't care for me. And this is not, oh, wow, look at him. No, guys, this is God breaking me over the years. Guys, I'm in the same process that you're in, becoming more and more like, like a follower of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not like I've arrived. I still struggle with things. I still work through things. I'm trying to figure them out. Here's the idea for heaven for me. Give me one room, two chairs, one for Jesus and one for me. I don't care about the rest. I just love Jesus. I love him. And students, if I could tell you anything for this whole week, it'd be this. Just learn to love Jesus. Just love him. Youth staff, youth pastors, if I could just remind you. Like, why you're in this? I was like, I love students. I know, that should be second, though. It's because you love Jesus. It's like we get, sometimes we can get so heady into this stuff. It's like, just know this stuff because you want to love Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He's preeminent where he's supposed to be. That word, who is God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Later on in the book of John, Jesus said these words in chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Guys, you realize that Jesus is not a way and not a truth and not a life. He's it. It all comes back to him. This whole book is about him. The Old Testament is pointing to us to Jesus. The New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, Jesus. It's all about him. Guys, is he that impressive? Or is he just Jesus? Guys, when you start thinking about who he is, I think you have three options of how you'll respond to who he is. The first is this. You can run from him. The second is you, can, you think you can stand against him. The third, you can bow down and worship him. But the Bible says this, for those that say, I'll run from him. Oh, there's nowhere you can go that you're actually going to get away from him. I'll stand against him. He's not afraid. At no point he's like, well, they're really big. I'm not sure what I would do. Guys, you realize the reason that you can breathe is because of Jesus. Like, you don't tell yourself to breathe, do you? That'd be a weird experience, wouldn't it? Like, if all day you had to sit and go, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. You had to remind yourself, your body just works. God holds all things together. He does it. The Bible says that every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Guys, he's Jesus. He's advocate. He's almighty. He's the alpha, the omega. He's the amen. He's author and finisher of our faith. 
He's the beloved son. He's the bread of life. He's the captain of salvation. He's the chief shepherd. He's the cornerstone. He's creator, deliverer, desire of the nations. He's door. He's elect of God. He's faithful witness, first and last, glory of the Lord, God, good shepherd, head of the church, holy one, horn of salvation, the I am, the image of God, Emmanuel, Jehovah, his name is Jesus, king of kings, lamb of God, leader and commander, the life, light of the world, lion of the tribe of Judah, Lord of lords, man of sorrows, mediator, Messiah, mighty God, prince of peace, redeemer, resurrection and life, savior, son of God, word of God, he's truth. This is Jesus. At no point, at no point is he just Jesus. This is him. This is him. Guys, we just look at creation and we can't explain it. And so what, what will we do? At times we try to explain him away rather than just submit and surrender to the one who made it all. And think about why make it so big? Like why make the universe where it's ever expanding? Why do that? Here's why, I think this is why. Because he can. I was like, yeah, he's just showing off. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? God with us that we might be with him. Can I pray for y'all? Let me pray. Let me pray. Shh, 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 shh. Shh, shh, shh. Like just for a second, get real quiet. Like I know for some of you, that's like, oh, every time it's quiet, I want to make the noise. You're not that impressive. Like this is God. For just a second, just be quiet. Like we're sp think about who we're speaking to. Father, what do we say to you? Like, how do we talk to you? And I'm thankful for your word because you tell us, you teach us that Jesus, you taught your disciples how to pray. Our Father, our Abba, our Daddy, hallowed be your name. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I thank you that you allow us to come to you. And God, I thank you that you came for us. Jesus, you are incredible. You are beyond us. And may we never, ever, ever get used to you. God, always reveal more of who you are that, that we are left speechless and in awe. And may we love you in a manner that is worthy of who you are. May we obey you in a manner who you are. For you, God, alone are worthy. God, I pray that you would work this week, and all of us, myself included, 
do a great work that leaves us amazed. And as you do, to you be all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for you alone are worthy. And we pray this in Jesus' name and everyone who agrees says, amen. Love you more than you know. We'll see you.